Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stiltzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about this show. I'll be joined by Andrew Pickering and Peter Gartland, and we're going to explore the Twitter algorithm and creative ways that you can increase your Twitter engagement. By the way, if you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? This week I found a really cool video and stills app for iOS called Wonderlens. Wonderlens. Tell me more. Yeah, so... At first, I thought, okay, this looks interesting, and then I thought, oh, this looks amazing. So I, I kind of have to describe exactly what this does, but essentially, this is like green screen on steroids in your phone, where it it when <laughs> when I held it up like I was going to basically do like an Instagram story or something, it had these backgrounds, video backgrounds built into the app that was like I was in outer space and stuff was flying by like asteroids and different things like that. And it had green screened me out of my natural surroundings in my office. And then I walked around the office and you still couldn't tell that I was walking. It was it was transporting me into all these different backgrounds that they have inside of it. It was really cool. Did you have to trace your head or your body or something? Or did it just kind of auto-identify you? It auto-identified. I didn't have to do like a masking thing or trace around myself. Like it auto-detected in a way I've never seen an app do. I was thoroughly impressed with that. Then I started to record some, you know, short little 15-second videos and once I was done, it gave me the the ability to write and stamp stickers on top of it and arrows huh. and all the stuff that you normally do inside of stories on top of that. But not only that, it lets you do like still shots as well. So it's pretty amazing. Huh. Well, I know that Snapchat allows you to do some of this, but you have to trace yourself. So it sounds like this is smart enough to not that you don't have to do that. Huh. I wonder how it handles like you know, women with longer hair. I mean, could you tell around the edges and stuff or was it pretty clear, pretty clean as far as I mean, when I was doing fast, I tried it out doing like faster motion and moving and once in a while I could see it. But honestly, it, I mean, the examples they give, there's like a woman with blonde hair, long blonde hair, and she's seamlessly into other, uh, you know, outer space and other different venues. Um, one of the other cool things though, is you can use video that you've recorded on your phone 
and upload that as your background. So you could pretend you're anywhere. Huh. Fascinating. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, what's, what's the, is there a catch? I mean, do you only get a no. number of backgrounds for free? No, there's, I mean, there's, there's serious, literally like there's 30 or more. I can't even, I mean, I, I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and they were all free. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is amazing. It's a free app. And it is like, I, I mean, they give examples of people like hold it. They take a picture of them holding their hand out and then they superimpose somebody else standing on their hand hmm. kind of stuff. It's, I mean, this is super, this is a super creative tool for people out there who are really into all of the different apps that work with stories like this vertical video and still shot like superimposed creativity type stuff. Like this is a, a, a killer app for that. Okay. So is it only for vertical video? Uh, you know what? It's, it's oriented that way, but I suppose you could get away with doing landscape if you wanted to. Huh? Yeah. But, but, I, would ima- yeah. but I would imagine the, if you threw it landscape, it might throw off the backdrops. Might look yeah, I think weird. I think it might. I didn't even think to try it that way, but I mean, it, it's oriented. So vertical, where, where do so. we uh, see examples? Where do we find this thing? Yeah, so to get more examples and to get the app, you literally go to getwonderlens.com. So that's get, W-O-N-D-E-R-L-E-N-S.com. Awesome. Thank you for that find, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for today's interview with Andrew and Pete. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Andrew Pickering and Peter Gartland, also simply known as Andrew and Pete Online. They authored Content Mavericks and are known for creating highly shareable content, specifically on Twitter, YouTube, and so on and so forth. They have a podcast that you also don't want to miss called The Andrew and Pete Show. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thank you so much for having us, Mike, but I cannot believe you just revealed our last names to the world. I know. Like, seriously. Yeah, well, it's okay. <laughs> People will conveniently forget them. <laughs> so today, we're going to dig in on Twitter. We're going to talk about the Twitter algorithm, and we're going to talk about how to create engaging content on Twitter. Before we get into that, I want to start with the story of you guys. How did you guys get into doing what you're doing together, and how would you get into Twitter? Whoever wants to go first. Yeah, so 
it's it's a good story. It's it's a romantic yeah. story, I would mm-hmm. say. The bromance started back in 2008 yeah. when we actually first met at university. We were randomly just put in kind of the same halls of residence together and we became great friends and we kind of bonded over ambition to one day rule the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it came to graduating and we've been talking like, throughout the first three years of university of maybe going and doing something afterwards. We had always wanted to kind of run our own business. And we thought when we graduated, you know what, we've got no mortgage no wives, no like big responsibilities yet. This is like the perfect time to go and do this. The problem was I wanted to go and live on the other side of the country to live with my girlfriend, who else maybe that's the our only responsibility. Mm-hmm. So Pete, my good friend here, decided <laughs> that I would I would come with you <laughs> and I would take that brave decision to move to Newcastle and be that third wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry, Paul, I didn't get the hint there. No. But it worked off for the best, it didn't worked it? Out for yeah. the best. So <laughs> we were kind of new young kids in this big city. We didn't know anyone. We had no contacts. We had no customers. And we wanted to run a marketing company. So what did we do? Well, we'd done all the things that we've read about. We started tweeting. We, start, we were on Facebook. We had our website. We had a blog. Mm-hmm. And do you know... But even though we were doing all of that, do you know what was actually getting us a ton of business? No, what? Networking. Ah. Face-to-face, in-person networking. Mm-hmm. Our whole online presence was there, and it was doing diddly squat for no, us. absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And we kind of looked at that, and we thought, why? Because it was, like, really frustrating. And it was kind of obvious. When we went networking, right, we were these two young kids and we were a little bit wild. So we would take chocolates and we would throw chocolates out across the room. Mm-hmm. Or one day we took an indoor firework networking uh-huh. and we would always have party poppers. We got known for always having party poppers with us at these networking events. And we were surrounded by suits to 21 year old guys just kind of making a little bit of a ruckus. And we soon kind of got a name for ourselves in our local area as the fun marketing duo, right? Which was great, but online it was doing absolutely nothing. And there was a complete disconnect there. Like in person, we were like fun and personable and up for a laugh. Online, we were just kind of corporate and boring and everything was kind of just on automate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we thought this has to change. We had to actually start using social media properly to engage with people, to create more engaging content. And as soon as we put what was working offline into our online marketing, suddenly things started to work for us. We started to get our content shared. People started to know us online. And that's really when things kind of took off. So from kind of a Twitter point of view, because back in the day, this was back in 2011, we really only had, we had kind of Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And Twitter was the one that really suited us most. It was fun. It was fast paced. It was engaging. It was quick to use. But most importantly, it was open, right? We were two 21-year-old guys that needed to meet people quick, yeah? And Twitter was just like those open networking rooms where we could walk in and say hello to whoever we wanted. And that's kind of why we fell in love with Twitter. And that is probably the same benefit. Twitter hasn't changed all that much in that time, really. And that's why we still love it way more than the other platform. And we uh, we met at Social Media Marketing World for the first time. What was that do you remember what year that was? Was it Yeah, that was 2015. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, Mike. It's it's quite a funny story. 
we walked, it was the pre-networking meeting, remember? And we walked into that room <laughs> and we were surrounded by all these people that we had followed online. Yeah. So we didn't talk to anyone. We went and got ourselves like some drink to we get some so Dutch nervous. courage. And then Mike, you were the very first person that actually walked up to us and said mm-hmm. hello. And we mm-hmm. thought, wow, we thought we would like pace ourselves a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was great. I mean, and you know, um, I got to meet you guys really quick and you were bold enough, I think then to say that you'd like to speak someday. And sure enough, I think the next year you were speaking. Am I right? Or am I wrong on that? It was not the next year. It was the year after that. So 2017. Got it. Our first year speaking there. Yeah. And then you're also coming back in 2018. So congratulations, you know, and I like the fact that you guys still continue to, you know, basically you know, underscore the value of in-person networking. I mean, because I think it's so important to continue to meet people face-to-face because it's opened up so many opportunities for you guys. Mm-hmm. So with that, let's transition over to Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. The algorithm. There is an algorithm pretty much on every social network. What do we need to know about the Twitter algorithm? Yeah, so it's kind of funny because when Twitter first announced that they were going to start using the algorithm, Everyone went crazy. Everyone lost their minds. And the hashtag RIP Twitter started trending, right? I mean, people were like up in uproar, like, oh, my God, Twitter's going to die. Um, but the good news is it's not that drastic, okay? So the, the, the interesting thing is before you write a tweet, what does it say, okay? It says, what's happening? Yeah, what's happening right now? And that's because Twitter actually classes itself as a news site, not necessarily just a social media platform. And it's the best place to find out what's happening right now. Not like on Facebook, where it's like, let's find out what's happening this week, almost. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're getting posts shown to you that are really old, whereas Twitter, it's not that bad. It's not as dramatic as what people were expecting. So there's two different elements to this, really. The first bit is, There's your main timeline, but then there's also this new bit called In Case You Missed It. Mm -hmm. Now, the main timeline isn't actually chronological anymore, so it's actually ranked. So you might see, you might go on there and you might see a tweet from half an hour ago, then one from two minutes ago, and then one from seven minutes ago. So it's not necessarily chronological anymore. And then in the In Case You Missed It section, that's a collection of tweets since the last time that you logged into Twitter that Twitter thinks you might find important. Mm -hmm. Now, this isn't always displayed. Like, if you go in there all the time, like we do, um, it doesn't always get shown. We hardly ever see that section. Yeah, we hardly ever see it. (laughs) But if you've not been in there for a while, um, it will show you that. And another point on this as well is that Twitter will actually sometimes slip in a tweet there into your news feed, into your timeline, that's actually from someone that you don't follow. Oh, Not just my retweet, but just someone that you don't follow at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and in their words, the goal is to make your home timeline an even more relevant and interesting place. So, Okay, so this is what they're trying to do. So, Pete, what I hear you saying is that they're kind of doing what Facebook is doing. They're, they're analyzing your actions, your interests, and they're showing you stuff that they think you'd be interested in, even if you're not following those people. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If it's popular within your interests and within your network, you will actually get shown to other people that don't even follow you. Yeah. Huh. Um, it has to be quite a popular tweet. 
but still it's definitely not as drastic as facebook like not even close mm -hmm. to as drastic as facebook because yeah. it always wants to keep that kind of live element to it yeah. like if you follow a hashtag as well it's mm -hmm. you know it'll still show you top and then live tweets mm -hmm. so it's it's not as dramatic but the thing is i don't know about you mike but if you if you go on to twitter right how far do you actually scroll down your timeline okay we don't scroll that far. So we, we maybe read the in case you missed it section. We do a few thumb scrolls, but we don't actually get that far down. Mm -hmm. So it's actually incredibly important to get into that first batch of tweets. If mm -hmm. you want to make Twitter work for you, if you want to make the most out of your tweets and your Twitter efforts, then you need your tweets to be seen in that more recent part of the feed. So well, we need to play into the algorithm's hands to get more reach. So that's perfect transition to my next question, which is what impacts <laughs> the likelihood that a tweet will be seen? Okay, so there's like hundreds of thousands of different kind of factors that Twitter takes into account, but we've broken it down into kind of six main areas um, to focus on here. So the first three are quite self-explanatory. The last three maybe take a little bit more thought process or some more um, analyzing. So yeah. the first one is time. So it's a time factor. Twitter still thinks of itself as a live platform. And so time is still weighted quite heavily in the algorithm. So yeah. you do need to be posting fairly regularly still, specifically when your audience is online as well. So use the various Twitter tools out there to find out exactly when people are online on Twitter. We use Manage Flitter um, to find this information out. Mm -hmm. There's another one called Tweeriad, which I believe is a free tool that will do that too. Yeah. So um, that's time. The second one we want to talk about is user interests. So Twitter works out what you're interested in. It's got a lot of data on you. And it will show you more of that content Okay, that it, it thinks you're interested in. So the point here is you need to be growing a really relevant audience. Okay, if you are just buying followers or if you are just inviting all your friends on, there's actually not much point in that because they're not going to engage with your content, which means Twitter's going to think that, oh, when you post, not that many people are going to engage with it. You will have a lower engagement rate. So this isn't great. So have people following you that actually are relevant to who you want to be following you, like your actual target audience. Mm -hmm. And obviously, post content that they're going to be interested in. And Twitter will actually tell you this in its analytics, which is really cool. So if you go to Twitter, sorry, analytics.twitter.com, um, it will actually give you a breakdown of your followers' interests, huh. which I think is really cool. So you can see, like, um, if your audience is actually relevant, is it the right type of people? And also, on the flip side, if you're trying to think of good content ideas that are going to get engagement, Twitter will tell you right there. So it might even say, like, we were surprised in ours. Um, it's uh, tech news. Mm -hmm. Like, people are really interested in tech news. Mm -hmm. And we don't post about tech news at all. Mm -hmm. So then we thought, well, hang on a sec, like, why don't we post about tech news? Yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to start posting more about tech news, right? Because it's going to get engagement. And we know that because Twitter's told us. Yes. Cool. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so the next one. Yeah, the next one is credibility. So how credible does your profile look? And their algorithm is going to favor accounts that are deemed to be 
more credible. So on Twitter, what's good about Twitter is that it's quite a simple kind of profile and you just need to make sure everything is kind of filled out. So your profile photo, your bio, your location, your um, graphics, that kind of thing. But also don't be spammy. So the more that you are reported for spam or for abuse, the more Twitter is going to deem you less credible. So don't be posting like broken links. Don't be doing all the kind of spammy Twitter auto DM tactics that you see all the time. Uh -huh. Just yeah, don't don't spam and the <laughs> algorithm. Andrew, do you do you think yeah. that um, follower lists add to credibility? I don't even know if they still offer this, but you know how so people. I, Go ahead. I, I believe that it does because mm -hmm. it's um it's it's a metric that's. It's in a lot of analytics software, and it's obviously right there mm -hmm. in your. You know how it says like tweets, tweets and replies, favorites, and it also said says lists. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it's telling you that because it wants you to keep an eye on it. Yeah. Because it's important because you've been classified as something. Mm -hmm. So I think that is actually important. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so we've got time, we've got user interest, and we've got credibility. What are the other areas? Okay, so the next one is quite a biggie. So I'll maybe just um, do it, do like a, a, a smaller recap of that, and then we'll, we can dive into that a lot. So it's actually engagement, of course, engagement, engagement, engagement. It's kind of a bit of a buzzword now, but it's so so true. So as with all social networks, including Twitter, they want to keep you on the platform like as much as possible, right? The longer you're on that platform, the more time. Twitter has to show these people more ads and the more ads they show, the more money they make. So they need in their timeline, the most engaging tweets to keep you on Twitter right there at the top. Okay. So if it, the thing is, right, if a tweet is doing well in your network, like if it's got likes, comments, retweets from people that have similar interests to you and from people that you interact with the most, that post is going to be shown to you. So it's about coming up with really engaging content that people are going to enjoy, engage with, comment, like, retweet, share. And then obviously the more that that happens, the more reach that post will get. And it's going to get obviously more reach if it's, if it's retweeted, but it will get reach if it's not even shared. Like if someone just comments on your post, mm -hmm. it's more likely to reach a broader audience. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you saying is that uh, does this have to do with like uh, a lot of engagement over a short period of time or is it just engagement over like the entire duration of the tweet? Yeah. So yeah, it's especially more important near the beginning, like instant. So if you get retweeted or comments or likes instantly, then it's going to, um, it's going to get shown more quicker if that makes sense. So the longer it's out there, the less likely it's going to perform well because of the time delaying factor. Right. Time delaying factor. It also will expand the lifetime of that tweet. So if you tweet and it doesn't really get much engagement, even like within the first couple of hours we're talking, mm. then it's not going to be shown to more people. Where we found if we've tweeted and it's got a ton of engagement and it just keeps on getting engagement. It can last like a couple of days, which is yeah. pretty like unheard of for a tweet. <laughs> okay, I, I've got to ask a question here because um, if there is an algorithm which mm -hmm. shows you, you know, the see first kind of content, right? 
Um, mm. You know, in the olden days, it used to be uh, tweet constantly because you never know when anybody's going to show up. Uh, yeah, and then exactly. it's like it's gone down the stream and it's gone. But doesn't the algorithm kind of lift up the good content so you don't have to be tweeting constantly? Exactly. It does. However, with t- time on Twitter, the time factor on Twitter is still much, much higher than, say, it is on Facebook yeah. or So what are we talking, like 12, 24 hours instead of multiple days? Or are we talking about a couple hours? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, like, if it's a good, like, it, like we said, if it's a good post, it can last like a day or two. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a typical tweet has got like a half-life of like half an hour, right? You know, like before mm-hmm. it's pushing the limits of whether it's going to be seen all that much. Uh-huh. Interesting. So, this is, I think this is great for Twitter though, right? Because on on Twitter, it's just about scheduling as much as possible, right? And I think this is the reason that, that Twitter has not been doing so well, right? I think it's us marketers that are killing Twitter because we're not even on the platform. We're just scheduling everything there, right? We don't care about it. We don't even go on it, right? Whereas you think about the amount of effort that people put into Facebook posts, compared to Twitter posts, Mm -hmm. it's untrue, right? Like, you go onto Facebook, and they have, and and people have got, like, the most amazing graphics, the most amazing funny videos, they're posting all this great content on there, they're spending so much time, and then Twitter, they're just like, meh, automate. I'll post the title and a link. I'll post a title and a link, (laughs) right? It's not very engaging, and that's tough for Twitter. So I, I really hope that with the new algorithm changes, it puts more emphasis on creating more valuable and entertaining content just for Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be good all around. Yep. And we're going to get to some of those ideas in a second here. Is there anything else that we missed here when it comes to the factors for the algorithm? Yeah, well, actually, just um, we've got two more things here. But just on that point of engagement as well, what what might be quite interesting to note is Engagement doesn't always necessarily mean that they've actually interacted. Um, If people have spent time reading your tweet or watching your tweet, that also gets factored Mm -hmm. into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So for all those lurkers, I I might never uh, retweet or comment on anything you do, Mike, but I might read everything you do. I might stop every time I see it. on everything you do. Yeah. Interesting. So um, that's also another interesting thing. Which kind of leads us in nicely. So the fifth thing is actually past engagement. So you are shown more of the tweets from people you have engaged with in the past. Ah. Now, the great thing about this is we can be proactive in this. So a lot Mm. of people take a very reactive stance to Twitter. They wait for people to retweet them or reply to them before they jump in. Where what we did and what we actually still do is we're very kind of proactive with it. We're not waiting for people to reply to us. We're going out there and we're being super proactive and starting conversations with people because as soon as they start engaging back, that means they're going to see more of our future tweets. Yeah. One of our favorite ways to do this as well, that's completely underutilized on Twitter, is Twitter video. Like, I'm hoping mm-hmm. there's rumors that Twitter's going to play more into its actual camera because I know yeah. the camera at the moment is pretty pants. Yeah. And it takes yeah. ages to get there. Like, you open yeah. Snapchat and it, boom, it's on the camera. But with Twitter, yeah. you have to like open a tweet mm-hmm. and then click on the camera icon. And then uh, it's a lot of faff. But because it's not done like all that much on twitter when you do actually take the time to send a twitter video to someone their mind is blown yeah like (laughs) seriously mike 
I challenge you to do this, right? Go to a random potential, you know, good follower, right? Mm. Someone you've never really engaged with before, right? Um, maybe another, like, uh, person in social media, right? Send them a Twitter video, okay? Reply to one of their blogs links that they've just posted, right? Just say, hey, I read that blog that you posted. It was really cool. Keep doing what you're doing. It will freaking blow mm-hmm. their mind. Or someone that's <laughs> thinking about coming to social media marketing world but mm-hmm. hasn't quite yet pressed yes. the button. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I've had plenty of people do it to me. It works. I definitely watch it every time. I mean, who's not going to yeah. watch it, you know? It's mm-hmm. cool, right? But on, on, on this note as well, I just want to stress this importance here because if you proactively go out there and engage with people and reply to people's tweets, they reply to you and they check out your profile and they'll read your tweets. So actually, the more you go and talk to people, the more reach you're going to have when you tweet something Mm -hmm. because they've engaged with your profile before. And I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I think not only are you going to get more reach, but they're going to warm to your content more and be more likely to share it and comment and reply themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think this is a really important point, especially if you're just getting started on Twitter be more proactive, right? Be more proactive. You can't just sit back and wait for people to comment on your stuff. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get to the last area because I definitely want to save some time to get into these engagement techniques. So uh, yeah. do we cover all six of the areas or no? Yeah. Yes, one, one more. One more. The last one is media type. So Twitter shows you more of the media type that you have engaged with previously. So if you love GIFs, it'll show you more GIFs. If you love Periscopes, okay, it's going to be more likely to show you more Periscope posts once they're posted. So the, the, the idea here, here is, A, use more of what works. So if you're getting a lot of interaction with videos on Twitter, post more videos. But most people, you know, like everyone, nobody is the same. Right? Everyone's different. So I might love to just read tweets. Andrew might love to watch videos you might love gifts so post a mixture of different media types mm-hmm. and there's actually quite a lot of different media types you can utilize on twitter that um that are maybe forgotten about or underutilized so that's quite cool excellent all right good deal so we've talked about how the time factor is important how the interest of the followers is important yeah. how your own credibility is important and uh-huh. how um the uh, engagement currently with your tweets and then the past engagement of uh, your followers and then, of course, the media types. So now that we've got a good understanding of the algorithm, I'd love to transition into some of the creative things that you guys have been doing to kind of uh, encourage engagement. So go ahead and start wherever you want to start. So we've got four for you to go and try, actually. We're yeah. going to challenge you to go and try, whoever's listening to this, go and try all four of these and see what works the best for yeah. you. <laughs> so the first one is to use the 280 character limit to actually add more value to your tweets. Mm. So it was quite interesting. We were all for 280 characters. Uh-huh. We were saying Woo-hoo! kind of bring it on. And <laughs> when you actually look at why they actually increased it, doubled it, in fact, it was because in languages where you could say more with less characters, like in Japanese, people were actually using Twitter a lot more because they could have a lot, a lot longer conversations and add a lot more value, mm-hmm. right? So now what we're saying, now you've got this, let's use it. So rather than just posting a link and um, 
like a your graphic SEO maybe title. and your SEO title and telling people <laughs> to go and check out some a video on YouTube or something back on your blog. Actually try to give value in the tweet itself. Okay, how yeah, do we do so that? People, how do we do that? Because so many people listening right now are like me and they just take the headline of their blog post, uh-huh, which uh-huh. is no, no, it's definitely less than probably about 100 characters. So what do we do with the rest of the characters? Yeah. Okay. And so, I think this is important as well because it's going back to that past engagement factor, mm-hmm. right? If we've just got all of our blog posts linked and they're not getting much engagement, that's actually reducing your future reach. So by by having this almost lack of effort in in the tweets, like it's going to affect your future reach. Like how many people since the character update have actually updated the Meet Edgar account mm-hmm. or their Smart Acu account or the Hootsuite account? Like how many people have actually started adding more? Yeah. It's pretty uh, rare. I mean, it's it's no mostly in replies. So so yeah, what do we do? Yeah. So a good example of this, if you're ever writing any kind of listicle article. Rather than putting just the link, actually write the list out in your tweet. Huh. Yeah, You could do this with a link back, but you can do it without a link back. We done a video at the start of January all about actually kind of smashing your ridiculous goals that you've set yourself for this year. And we've done the whole thing that we had done previously. We just create, took the YouTube thumbnail. We stuck it in there with a link, like minimal engagement. Then we created a tweet that went something like, how to absolutely nail 2018, colon. Mm-hmm. And then we just had four kind of super motivational points that actually like gave somebody some value in yeah. just 280 characters. That went down a storm. We had replies to that. We had a ton more traffic to our blog from that. Huh. Because yeah. we're actually putting effort into the tweet itself. It's it went per- so well. And people mm-hmm. were actually replying and, and commenting. And we even got some video uh tweets as well back so we were like proud of them Um, you know what's uh fascinating about this is that um i can envision another idea here which is if you have articles like we do at social media examiner take the headline in the first couple sentences and then end with the word read more you know click or click to read more and that way you can kind of give them a preview of what Mm -hmm. they're about to see before they actually click right Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. cool. I would even like just summarize it. If you can summarize yeah. every single article in 280 characters and then say read more about each of these points here, yeah. then that's a much more enticing tweet than like just that. the start. And I'd like also challenge people as well to um, start creating content for Twitter. If that is like your dominant platform, you want to get more from it, like why, why just post everything back to a link to your website, right? The user experience is hey, I love Twitter, I want to get value from Twitter. If I go off Twitter, it might take a while to load, it might Mm -hmm. be an unresponsive website, there might be annoying Mm pop-ups. I I don't want that experience. But if I could get that value right there in Twitter, Mm -hmm. like we've seen people do little mini blogs in in Twitter Mm -hmm. just by using the extra characters and maybe with an extra image or infographic. And they go down so well. Video as well. Like, if you can summarize every blog that you write on Social Media Examiner, Mike, into a hundred and forty second. I wish they made up the video count to two hundred and eighty yeah, seconds. I'm hoping that's next. Yeah. Two hundred and forty second videos. Give people actually value on your Twitter feed. I'll tell you a little so- secret. We've been able to upload a eight minute video to Twitter natively. Oh. <laughs> and the way the way the way we did it is. I'm pretty sure the way we did it, and I didn't do it, Eric and my team did it, but the way we did it was um, 
we I think we acted like we were going to do it as an ad, but then we didn't do it as an ad and it still worked um, because we actually have been able to successfully upload entire episodes of the journey natively to Twitter. And I think it's a little hack and I don't exactly know how it works, but I would imagine you could Google how to upload longer videos. Yeah, you used to be able to do it through the ads platform. I thought they put a stop to that pretty yeah, recently. I thought they did as well. Well, okay, then, then maybe we just snuck in just in time. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully they'll change that, right? I mean, if you guys think about what's been going on with Facebook and how they're actually um, diminishing content on Facebook and and uh, how Twitter hopefully does have the opportunity to kind of be the place where the, the content can get exposure, I think yeah. it would be exciting to see some of these limits be removed. So, all right, well, we've talked about you know, maximizing the 280 characters uh, as a way to kind of get more comment shares and so on and so forth. What else? Yeah, so um, another cool thing that you can try is using GIFs. Now, everyone loves a good GIF, right? Or GIF, as some GIF. people may We're say. We're going with GIF. Let's not get into that <laughs> argument. Um, <laughs> and then obviously the cool thing about GIFs on Twitter is that they're built right in using Giphy, uh, which is a platform that kind of provides and makes GIFs searchable. So our tip here is, though, rather than just like coming up with finding a random GIF that everyone uses, hmm. actually create your own, okay? Now, if you create a GIF on Giphy, you can also go go ahead and make a Giphy brand account. Now, if you do that, not only can you use the GIFs that you make, but it's actually, it makes GIFs searchable, okay? It makes your GIFs searchable to anybody in the world. So. We've got our own set of gifts, right? And we've got various emotions. We've got like, woohoo, we've got, oh man, we've got boo, we've got, oh my God, that's amazing. Right? We've got all these different reactions in. And people are actually using our gifts, right? Which is incredible. Huh. And it gives, it gives people this opportunity to spread our message, right? Mike, get this, right? Because we can't even get our head around this, but our gifts have actually been viewed over 11 million times. We hit 12, actually. Wow. We hit 12. We hit 12. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, tell everybody how to spell Giphy and, like, real quick, give us the – is it hard it's, to make your own GIF? It's uh, G-I-P-H-Y dot com, right? You can make your own – you can apply for a brand channel, mm -hmm. and then all you have to do is upload a small clip of video or a series of images – it also and, can take video from YouTube or yes. Vimeo as well. Yeah. So it's really quick. I think there's a little bit of a learning curve, but once you know how to do it, it's a five-minute so, job. So tell us, what are you doing with these GIFs on Twitter exactly? So we use them to express emotion, and we use them to reply to people. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine if... Um, you, you, you did something or you said, hey, um, you posted about this podcast, for example. We could like reply in gifts. Like it adds much more to our tweets, mm -hmm. um, and I think this says a lot about it as well. And what you can also use them for is, like we said before, don't just post a link to your blog. Create a GIF about your blog mm -hmm. and post a link to it. So for every single new piece of content we're creating this year, we've just started doing this. We're also creating a GIF for mm -hmm. that piece of content, and this works incredibly well. Like mm -hmm. on Twitter. Even on Facebook, it's working really well, yeah. um, which is so cool. We've also got a nice present for you as well, Mike. So mm -hmm. we have created a GIF 
for this podcast. So if you go to Twitter <laughs> and search GIFs, if you search social podcast, all one word, there is a GIF for this podcast. Very cool. Now, let me ask you this question. If you wanted to create, if you wanted to create a GIF, you don't have to go through the Giphy platform, right? You can just do it in Photoshop and then upload it as an attached image, can't you? Yes, you can do it. You can. There's tons of different um, platforms out there to mm-hmm. create GIFs on. What's great about Giphy is it plugs right into Twitter. So it just becomes a lot quicker because if you're having to download them to your computer and then upload them to Twitter, it's a little bit more time-consuming. Where right. if, if we've got a brand account, right, so we just create it in Giphy, we tag it, hashtag Andrew and Pete, and then we just need to search for it in Twitter, wherever we are, on mobile, and it's there. Any particular size restrictions or either dimensional or file size that we need to keep in mind when we're making GIFs? Um, it condenses it down for you. So mm-hmm. I think there's like a 15-minute video um, mm-hmm. limit or something like that, or a specific meg size limit. But if it's like a five-minute YouTube video or something, you're fine. Like, uh, however long the YouTube video is, I'm pretty sure you can just copy that the link into Giphy and it'll pull it through. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And um, that, that's the autoplay on Twitter? Yes. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So start working with GIFs. Um, start <laughs> taking advantage of the full character set. What else? Okay. So the third thing we want you to try is we want you to ask more questions with your tweets. So because Twitter can be quite automated or spammy at times, I think you could argue, mm-hmm. then be the person that's not doing that. Be the person that people can actually talk to, right? Because a lot of the times what we come up against, we tell people to go and do these things, go and be a lot more proactive, but they actually struggle to find people that will actually reply to them because everyone's just automating the hell out of it, mm-hmm. yeah? <laughs> so be the person that's actually asking questions that actually, and actually creates content that people can respond to. And then respond to them, I would imagine. Don't just ask the questions, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Every time someone... That's another tip that we didn't actually say. Whenever somebody actually talks to us, what a lot of people will do is they'll just use the emojis or we'll just say, like, thanks. Well, we always try to ask a follow-up question Mm. to keep the conversation going. I like that. Now, if you've got a lot of notifications, that's obviously hard to do, but put in the effort there. Yeah, it really winds it up when we see people um, sharing content and then people will reply saying, oh my God, that was really great. Like, thank you so much for sharing that amazing bit of content. And then the creator just replies and says, thanks. And it's like, what the hell? What the hell? Well, like, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm guilty of it. And the, the logical next thing would be, thanks, what'd you like about it the most, right? Or something like that. Yeah, right? ask yeah. a question, right? Because questions lead to conversations. Conversations lead to relationships. Relationships lead to trust and sales, mm-hmm. right? So Excellent. I would much rather reply to one. If I have a ton of um, replies mm-hmm. that I'm, and I'm overwhelmed, I would much rather reply to one properly than like, just say thanks to 10 of them, you know? Perfect. Yeah. Okay, uh, the last tip. Yes, the last tip is to add emotion. Okay, so add emotion. So again, going back to Twitter being very automated, it can get quite vanilla and a bit bland. If you go into your Twitter stream, it's just basically, I don't know about you, but on ours, it's just a lot of people posting links back to the blog, right, which is fine. But it's all very bland. So if if you add a little bit of emotion, it does three things. It A, grabs attention. B, 
because all of a sudden it's different from everything else. B, it holds your attention for longer because it usually comes with some kind of a story or narrative um, to, to gain that emotion. And C, it gives people a reason to actually feel something for you and get behind you. And I think that's extremely important for brand advocacy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no people can't fall in love with a robot. So how, how are you adding emotion? emotion? Yeah, how do you add emotion? So there's lots of different emotion to tap into. And I think sometimes when we say add emotion, people just quickly skip to kind of either humor or sadness. And they think that's it, that's it, that's the spectrum. But actually, there's so much more, right? Funny is massively underutilized, but there's a lot more, okay? So for example, shock or curiosity, adorability, like being adorable. <laughs> And is I've, that a word? I've, it is. I think it's a word. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and nostalgia. I love nostalgia. Nostalgia is a big one, yeah. right? Cool. If, you post some, if you post anything at any time saying, hey, do you remember when? Like, you will instantly get engagement because people are like, oh, yeah, I used to love that. Oh, my God, that was my favorite thing. Right? People love nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different emotions that you can tap into. And again, it's just breaking out a little bit from that um, link back to the blog. And if you are just going to do a link back to the blog, because I understand that you do need to do that, okay? But if you're going to do it, maybe give them an an emotive reason to share. So, for example, um, if we were we we did a recent video on um, we're doing like a how to achieve your goals January. So we did a recent one on um, how to wake up earlier, and we put. We didn't just put a link like how to wake up earlier. We put in a little story about how we were really fed up about sleeping in and how we used to be students and how it's so freaking hard to get up in the morning. But after implementing these few things, we feel much more better and refreshed and energized to take on the world. I love using the emojis as well for this. We're kind of known <laughs> yeah. for the emoji use, and maybe it's not suitable for everyone, but there's definitely an emotion for, there's an emoji for every emotion. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, I wouldn't recommend it all the time, but say if I find something like super funny or super shocking, I'll use the 280 characters and I'll just add as many of that emotion emoji as possible. Awesome. Well, listen, guys. <laughs> you just create a wall of like shocked faces or cheese. A, a wall, or... What, what you do, you do like two lines of shocked faces, uh-huh. then you tweet, and then another two lines of shocked faces. Ooh. So I would, I would love you to tell people where they can, first of all, find you on Twitter to see all the cool stuff that you're producing and where they can discover more about you. Yes. So we are basically just Andrew and Pete on any of your favorite platforms. Uh-huh. Um, at Andrew and Pete on Twitter andrewandpete.com is the website. Yeah, and Mike, could we lay down a quick challenge for your viewers? Go for it. Okay, so everyone that's listening, we think that Twitter video is so underutilized. So we want to challenge you. If you haven't done it before or if you don't do it a lot, please go into Twitter right now and just at mention Andrew and Pete and send us a little Twitter video See and tell us what you thought about this podcast and what you're going to do, mm-hmm. Okay. Then that'd be awesome, and it gets, people, it gets people. It gets people to use the Twitter video into that habit. Break the seal. Break Andrew the seal. Pickering and Peter Gartland, also known as Andrew and Pete. Thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing your awesome insight with us. Thank Thanks you so, so much, much for having Mike. us, Mike. Cheers, Mike. I hope everyone's enjoyed it listening. Thank you.
Well, I hope you found some ideas and inspiration that will inspire your Twitter engagement. If there's anything that we mentioned and you missed it, don't worry. We take all the notes for you by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash 290. You'll find everything. Also, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you do not miss a future episode of this podcast. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week in the driver's seat. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.